miss them, can keep them in your prayers. Amen. I am extremely honored to have my extended family with us tonight. My parents, you probably recognize them by now, and I'm so happy that they are here. They're going to be with us for a, a while, a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to getting to spend the time with them, and I know our congregation always enjoys getting to spend time with them as well. And uh, I'm also very thrilled to have my uncle, Uncle Rick, with me. He probably doesn't get called that in too many places, but he's Brother Flowers, and here he's Uncle Rick, so you got to be more specific here. Uh, Uncle Rick, I'm going to invite you to just come and take your liberty. If, if you don't know this, he um, is, is gifted in many ways, in, including musically, so if you want to sing, if you want to play, if you want to preach, whatever you'd like. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. I feel the Holy Ghost, and I'm happy to meet a part of the family of God. Amen. Never dreamed that I would be this far away from home. And uh, the Lord's been so very good to me. I received the Holy Ghost when I was nine years old. And uh, he really is the best thing that ever happened to me. Amen. It is a joy for us to be with you. We have heard so many wonderful things about this church. And uh, we are just happy to come. We have a granddaughter who we wanted to take on a trip and ask her where she wanted to go. And she wanted to come and be with her cousins. So that's why we're here. And uh, uh, they've had just a great time today, and we're going to spend a few days here with them. But may the Lord bless you. Uh, let me just give you a little background about myself, and I'm so glad to be with my brother. And uh, we have one older brother. He's about two, two and a half years older than me. And uh, he was a profound influence in our lives growing up. Uh, he got the Holy Ghost at a very young age. At age 12, he announced that he was called to preach. And at age 14, he started traveling and preaching. And uh, I was blessed. He took me along to help him with some music. And so uh, through our teenage years, we traveled. He eventually pastored churches and then went to the missionary field. And uh, uh, they now live near where my brother Danny lives in the northern part of Mississippi. We have lived in the Dallas, Texas area since 1980. We pastored 40 years in that city uh, with the congregation there that our oldest son, who's the father of our granddaughter that's with us, uh, he now pastors the church. And uh, he uh, uh, is obviously a very busy man, and we're thankful for what the Lord's doing there. I want my wife to greet you, and uh, I'm going to go to the keyboard, and, uh, and then uh, I'm going to bring the word of the Lord to you tonight. I have to say about your pastor and his beautiful wife, they have five of the most incredible kids, and the truth is they just sort of think of all of you as their kids. And... Uh, I just don't know that you could do any better. These, these folks are the real deal. And they love the Lord. They're sold out to this truth. And uh, I am so happy to be with them tonight. And uh, may the Lord bless them and, and all of these grandbabies. This, this, is our, this is the magnet that we're, that's brought us here. Amen. But uh, to just be with all of you, I've heard about you. I have prayed for you. I've asked God to bring revival and to anoint you and to uh, give you everything that your heart desires. And I still, after being here, certainly will pray even all the more for that. I want Sister Flowers to testify and then uh, I'll sing. Well, it is an honor to get to be here uh, with our nephew, Pastor Caleb and Sister Corinne and family and 
as we're all saying, because we're all happy to be together with our uh, Danny and Sheila, our brother and sister-in-law. Just to be able to be in service tonight and feel the presence of the Lord, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to have a midweek almost to just come and get to be in the presence of the Lord? I felt the presence of the Lord when I walked in here. I, I have probably seen a picture or two, but for somebody, and you're used to seeing this, but for somebody for the first time that hasn't seen this, this is so impressive. You have a beautiful church, beautiful congregation here. I have been raised as a Pentecostal all of my life. There was a song that came out in the last couple of years by C.C. Winings that says, all my life he's been faithful. All my life he's been so, so good. That's the way I feel. I love the Lord and it's great to be with you tonight. Amen. I love music. I love, I love the new songs. Some of them, uh, some of them uh, uh, are different to anything I had ever grown up with. But I have a deep appreciation for music. And uh, uh, music itself is a is a great life lesson. Harmony, chords, embellishing by adding notes. Uh, I took piano at age six, and I took for about two years and absolutely hated it. Quit, was done, till I bought me some Southern Gospel albums. How I many remember what albums were? These kids wouldn't know what that is, but an album. Yeah, bought me some some Southern Gospel albums, and and I was listening to them, and I I got to listening to some of the chords. So, having two and a half years of theory, I went to the keyboard and found what they were doing on the album. Didn't know the name of the chord. I just, when I heard it, I could play it. And so, growing up, we would, they would let me, being a kid, sometimes fill in during the altar service, play music while people were in the altar. And so, every chance I got, I would use one of those new chords on an old song and uh, years later I discovered that I was playing diminished chords and augmented chords and, and some sixths and some ninths and uh, I, I didn't know what any of that was when I started doing it but my ear took me into that uh, area of music and uh, it helped me a lot through the years I also found out <clears throat> that a, a pastor finds a wife Suddenly, he's not solo anymore. How many of you know where middle C is on the piano? Raise your hand if you know where middle C is. It's in the middle. Yeah, middle C. And uh, a chord, I'd always learned that a chord, I've learned this since, it's a little different now, but a chord was basically three notes. And if you use numbers, whatever your basic chord is, that'd be number one. If you use one, three, and five, you get a chord. Well, what that's called is harmony. And what's amazing is when a pastor finds a wife and they, they get in step with the will of God, it's great harmony. When a pastor and a wife can blend and join with a congregation, they can complete a full chord. That congregation, there's no limit to what can be done in the umbrella of unity. Amen. So you can have one chord, one note, and that note is a pretty note, but if you add another one, you get a little bit of harmony. If you add a third, you get even more full. And then I found out there were more than just three notes of some chords. There's four notes. And then if you start just playing with some of the basic threes, you can you can suddenly start getting more full. And when you start adding from the one, three, and five, you add a sixth, you can get, sounds a little odd until you harmonize. So what you bring to the church, you may say, well, I'm, I'm, a, 
I'm nobody, or I'm just me, or I don't have particular talent, or I can't do this, or I get nervous when I try to do this. So let me tell you something. What you bring to the music of a church is life. Only you can provide that. Only you can provide that. Amen. So with that, I want you to sing this old song with me if you will. Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found. Twas blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear and grace. you know this verse praise God 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 Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. When we've been there ten thousand years, bright Shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first the Lord. God bless you. I'm going to ask you to all stand with me and I'm going to read a verse of scripture and I have a something the Lord gave me a few months ago and uh, when pastor called me and asked me to speak tonight this immediately came to my heart and uh, I want to share it with you tonight. Amen. In Psalms 100, 119, verse number 103. <clears throat> Psalms 119, verse 103. The scripture says this. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Let me read it to you again. How sweet 
are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. May God bless you. Everybody say amen to the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Sometime back I was in a bookstore in town. And uh, I had uh, gone there to look for something particular. But they had such a great selection of books that I was just browsing and always looking for something that stirred my interest. And I picked up this little book. And if you've read anything recently, there's a fellow named Mark Batterson who has uh, just uh, become quite a prolific writer and and, uh, he's written several books. And this book is probably about a 30 minute at the most read. And it's entitled Going All In. And it's basically excerpts from some of his books. This, this book grabbed me. I had heard this story and didn't know much about it, but it's actually the first chapter of this book, and I want to read it to you tonight because it talks about something that all of us need to do as people of God. We need, we need to really sell out. We need to go all in. Amen. We need to give our all to the kingdom of God. Amen. And here's what he wrote. It's not a lengthy read. It's only about two pages uh, at the most. He says this. A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field without the return half. And instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved, everything they knew. They knew they'd never return home. A.W. Milne was one of those missionaries. He set sail for the New Hebrides in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milne did not fear for his life because he had already died to himself. His coffin was packed. For 35 years... He lived among that tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. When did we start believing that God wants to send us to safe places to do easy things? That faithfulness is holding the fort. That playing it safe is safe. That there is any greater privilege than sacrifice. That radical is anything but normal. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. Faithfulness is not holding the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. The will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a daring plan. The complete surrender of your life to the cause of Christ isn't radical. It's normal. It's time to quit living as if the purpose of life is to arrive safely at death. It's time to go all in and all out for the all in all. Pack your coffin. Praise God. Amen.
I have a lot of heroes in my life. My pastor will celebrate his 93rd birthday just in one, one more month, August 17th. Nobody ever impacted me any more than Brother Arliss Glass, who lives in Pasadena, Texas. <clears throat> I traveled as a young preacher and preached in many, many churches <clears throat> throughout the South and <clears throat> part, of, part of the lower northern states, Ohio and Illinois and Indiana. And <clears throat> I met a lot of great people, preached in a lot of wonderful churches, met a lot of wonderful pastors. They all had an impact on my life for good. But when I went to Brother Glass's church in Pasadena, Texas, there were some qualities about that church that really, really caught my attention. I was, I noticed how happy everybody was, how in step everyone was. The unity factor was incredible. And I said, I want to I wanna learn the secret of that. I want to I wanna, I wanna have that kind of success in working with people. And so Brother Glass extended an invitation to us to come. And we did go, and we stayed a little over three years there. And he was a great teacher. He was very patient with us. He poured himself into us. 1980, that was in 1977. In 1980, we were called by the church in Dallas to come. <clears throat> the church there is in its 82nd year. At that time in 1980, it was in its 40th year. A man by the name of Paul Hush had been its pastor for 34 years. I could not imagine 34 years of pastoring. It was beyond my ability to comprehend and the church was a very unified, wonderful congregation. Very established, very strong in the doctrine, very together. And so I, we went and, and uh, we began to work. We ended up staying 40 years. And when we passed the church off to the next pastor, which is my oldest son, I looked back over the time and I was so thankful. I was so thankful for the miracles. I was thankful for the worship. I was thankful for the great people. I was thankful for the opportunity to just be a part of such an environment ongoing. I can recall so many times, Sundays and Wednesdays, when the presence of the Lord would come into the house of God. And it would come because the people invited the Lord to come. They brought that with them. Do you know the Bible says that he inhabits the praise of his people? If you want to know where he's at, he is in your praise. Amen. If God is not present, it's because there's no praise. There's no worship. Because I'm telling you, when you begin to exalt his name, begin to call on him, he responds to that. He comes to those who ask him to come. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. If I were to ask for you to testify tonight of when you got the Holy Ghost, it would not be hard for you to remember when you got the Holy Ghost. We can all remember when we repented of our sins. We can remember when we were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remittance of those sins. Amen. But there is nothing that equals that moment when God filled us with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The one thing I've noticed through the years in the church, when people get the Holy Ghost, when it is announced somebody's getting the Holy Ghost. They're talking in tongues right now for the first time. There is a roar of praise that goes across. It never gets old. It never gets stale. Do you know why? Because every one of us that have received the Holy Ghost, we know exactly what that person's having happen to them. We know what they're experiencing. We understand 
the impact of what it is taking place in their life. There is nothing to compare to that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I don't take away anything from the importance of baptism. You certainly must repent. Amen. But don't stop. Don't sell yourself short and somehow minimize the importance of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, people say, well, I don't know if I really need the Holy Ghost or not. There is one verse of Scripture that uh, uh, always uh, comes to my mind when somebody would say that. And they don't understand the importance of it. Amen. And that Scripture is found in the book of Romans. And I want to read it to you because it's very important. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 11. It says this, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. The Spirit, if you read that, it's a capital S. If the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. Now you think about that. That was resurrection power. That Spirit raised Jesus. Jesus from the dead. And if that the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. I believe I'm talking tonight to people who desperately want to be saved. Amen. I didn't start in this to just, to just run for a while. I've got heaven on my mind. I have pushed everything else behind me. I am on my way to the finish line. Hallelujah. I don't intend to stop short of hearing him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. But if I expect to make it, there's got to be resurrection power in me according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. And it's got to be the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And if it dwells in you, not on you, not around you, but if it dwells in you, then that spirit is going to quicken your mortal body. Amen. I was preaching one night and I said, you, you know the rapture is for the church. Amen. Amen. And when, and when God takes, take, calls the church home, that's the rapture. And what he's basically going to be doing is removing his spirit from the earth. After the rapture, there won't be a presence of God on the earth anymore. Amen. So if you want to go up in the rapture, you get the Spirit and let it get a good grip on you. Amen. Because when He removes His Spirit, He's going to take everything with it that His Spirit has a hold of. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why it's really good to check real often on your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Amen. Because if the Lord comes today, I intend to be saved and go up in the rapture. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, God has always been a provider. Always been a provider. I read a verse of scripture in Exodus 16. And I've heard this all my life. Verse 31. And the house of Israel... The house of Israel called the name thereof manna. Exodus 16, verse 31. How many of you have ever heard of manna? We know manna was that heavenly provision. When they came out of Egypt, when they came out of Egypt, and I don't, I don't have the statistics with me of what it took to move the number of people. Somebody say anywhere between 3 and 8 million people came out of Egypt. 
on their way to the promised land. It was between a 7 and 11 day journey that took them 40 years. And it took them 40 years because they were stubborn. They were stiff-necked. They couldn't, they couldn't ever get this thing of submission down good. They challenged leadership all the time. But they were in the will of God coming out of Egypt. And coming out, it didn't take very long for them to get hungry. And the Bible says that God decided that he would be a provider for them. And so suddenly one morning they get up and they go outside and they look on the ground and covering the ground are these cakes. Israel called the name thereof manna. And then it describes it. It was like a coriander seed, white. And the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Now I read you a text of what David said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Manna, God's provision. It was, it was symbolic that God... Now, let me tell you, they, the reason it took them 40 years to get to the promised land and it ended up being a whole new generation that got there was because of their rebellion. But in spite of all of their missteps, God never deserted them. He never quit providing for them. Continually. I don't know if that does anything to you, but you are looking at somebody that's not always marched in step with the will of God. I've tried. I've tried, but I haven't gotten it right all the time. There's been times I've had to check my attitude. There's been times I've had to check my motive. There's been times I've had to check uh, my, my, my thoughts and my, my feelings. There's been times... Somebody didn't do me right. And, and I've dwelt on that. And I've had to struggle with that. And the more I dwelt on it, the bigger it got to me. And there's been sometimes I've had to just finally say, you know what, this is not healthy for me. This is not advancing my desire for the kingdom of God any. I've got to get rid of it. I've got to let go of it. Amen. Those are the struggles sometimes that goes on in people. Amen. But this thing of manna, you know, in the church now, we, we've heard teaching on it, manna, manna. Oh, God, send us manna. Send us that heavenly food. Nothing like the refreshing taste of manna. If I had this thought tonight, I'd have brought, I'd have, I'd have went to the store and found some kind of a honeyed wafer and give every one of you a, a, a bite of that. I'd have, I'd have passed them out. Gave everyone a little bit of that and, and just let you know, kind of what it might have tasted like. They went out every day. They didn't, have to, they didn't have to cook it. They didn't have to work on it. They didn't have to do anything but just go out and gather it up. Now, God said, he put some conditions on it. He said, you can't get a week's supply. You got to go out and get this every day. I'm going to give you enough to get you through the day. But tomorrow... You got to do it again. And on the sixth day, I'm going to let you gather enough for the sixth and seventh day because there's not going to be any work on the seventh. So on the sixth day, you can pick up enough for the seventh. But if you try to gather more than you need for one day, it's going to spoil. You will not like what it tastes like in two days. You got to get it every day amen that's why it's important to be faithful it's important to read your bible it's important to have a prayer life it's important to attend the word of the to, to attend the church and hear the word of the lord preached it's important that there be these routines in our lives because we need that consistency that manna 
We need the taste of it. Amen. We need to know what it's like. Amen. But you know what? <clears throat> There's something about human nature that uh, when we get continually the same thing, if we're not careful, it can become routine with us. It can become unappreciated. What are you going to do in the morning? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is go get some more manna. Oh, yeah, we got to get some more manna. I have to get... Boy, I tell you what, we get in that manna every day. I, I can't believe we have to go out there and get the manna. They, they'd gone from being hungry and then being appreciative until it had become laborsome to them. It had become a challenge to them. And somehow the specialness of what it meant and where it came from and what it did for them was lost in the dutifulness of the routine. Now, I never heard what I'm about to read to you ever preached. I never have heard anybody else preach this. Now, I'm not smart. But I want to read this to you. In Numbers 11 and verse number 8. Now, you've got to understand, they've been doing this for years. They've been gathering manna for years. And they've got to where they don't appreciate it anymore. They don't, they don't give God thanks for it anymore. It had become routine. And the people went about and gathered it and ground it in meals and beat it in a mortar and baked it in pans and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was as the taste of fresh oil. Same stuff. Manna. But you know what? They had lost their appreciation for what it was supposed to do for them. And they began to complain. And they begin to try to find other ways to make it better. And so they decided, you know what, let's, let's not take this the way God's giving it to us. You know, I think we could improve on this a bit. <clears throat> why don't, why don't, won't you take it and let's mix a little bit of water with it and Maybe sprinkle some flour on it. Put a stab of butter in there with it. Let's, let's grind it up. Won't you take it and just beat on it for a while. Beat it into a mortar. And then let's put it in the oven and let's bake it. And after we baked it, let's... Let, 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 let's take it out. You know, I, I bet we can do something with this that those before us never thought to do. They, you know what? They just accepted it the way God gave it to them. But I bet we could do something with it. I bet we could make it better. Let me warn you of something. You need to be real careful about thinking that you can improve on what God has given us. Because you can't do that. You cannot add your special touch. And make something that is from God. Better than what it is. When it arrives straight from heaven. Hallelujah. I've known congregations. That decided the old paths. Are the old paths. You know, we got, we're dealing with a new generation today. <coughs> you know, a new generation requires some new ideals. We need, to, we need to spruce some things up. 
We need to, we need to change some things. We need to find another way. Let me tell you, that kind of thinking is not new with this new generation. I've watched it all my life in different pockets. I've watched churches that were one time great revival churches. They're not even in existence today. Because they felt like they could improve on what had worked. Amen. Amen. Manna's design was to sustain. It was to give them all the nutrients and the vitamins that they needed to make it through the day. Amen. It was everything they would ever need. But they got tired of it. And they decided they could work on it. And they could change it a bit. And somehow make it the new and improved version. And when they did all of that work. And then when they sat down at the table to eat it. It was like fresh oil. Now I don't know about you. But to me. Fresh oil is what comes out of the ground. That's about as fresh as it gets. Is what they're pumping out of the ground. I'm not talking about breaking it down, refining it, putting it through and, and, and all that stuff. And, uh, it, but even, even if you go to, to cooking oil and some Crisco and all that stuff, just to take a spoon of that and put it in your mouth and try to swallow it? Uh-uh. No, no. No, no. God never intended for them to tamper with his provision. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. and I'm, I'm headed fast to a close, but our world's in a mess. And it's not getting better. And it's not going to get better. Amen. We, 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 don't look, we don't look to the politics of the world to solve our problems. We don't look to the stock market to be our provision. We don't count on those things. No, no. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. Amen. We are headed to a better place. And I'm going to tell you, the way that we're going to get there is to embrace and enjoy the provision of what God has provided. God says, I'm going to give you a ticket out of this world. Amen. But you can't change it. You can't redo it. You can't overhaul it. Amen. Sin is still sin. Amen. And if you're going to be saved, you've got to repent of all your sin. Amen. If you want those sins removed from your life, you've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you've got to allow me to fill you with my spirit. And if you will, my spirit's going to raise you up. It's going to rapture you out of this world. Hallelujah. Amen. But nothing new and improved. It's going to be the same thing that has worked for over 2,000 years. Some years ago, I had a good friend who was a missionary to the country of Singapore. Brother Steve Willoughby. I don't know if you ever knew the Willoughbys there. They're, they're dead and gone now. They're with the Lord. Steve, he knew my brother Danny and myself. We all grew up in Tennessee together. And uh, Steve invited me to come to Singapore and preach a missions conference. Raise money from their church. Their church was a powerful missions giving church in Singapore. So I went and I told him, I said, Steve, I said, I would like to go to China. He said, okay. He said, you come preach for me? And he said, we'll leave on Monday after the Sunday service and we'll go to Beijing. All right. I forget how far it was. It's probably a five to seven hour flight from Singapore to Beijing, China. We went there. Now, you got to understand who Steve Willoughby was. He was the apostle to that part of the world. He traveled continually, did a great missionary work in Singapore and around the world. <clears throat> we, and, we went there. He and I went there just to do all the tourist stuff, to walk on the Great Wall, to visit the Forbidden City, to go to the Temple of Heaven, to do all the things that the tourists do. Some of the saints in Singapore 
heard somehow through the connection, a lot of Chinese in Singapore, some of them, word got out that Steve Willoughby was in Beijing. They didn't, it didn't get out that Steve Willoughby and Rick Flowers were in Beijing. It was Steve Willoughby's in Beijing. Beijing. He gets a phone call, and they said, we would like, since you're in Beijing, we would like to have a church service. Well, you don't do that in China. But believe me, let me tell you, we have a great church in China. So Steve checked with me. He said, you think we could do that? So I'd love to do that. I think that'd be exciting. Well, they didn't want to hear me preach. They wanted to hear Steve Willoughby preach. So a car picked us up at our hotel and drove us. Now, Beijing is built in rings. Tiananmen Square is the center of the city. And then there's rings around the city. And each ring is an outer perimeter of the inside ring. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's about, I forget now, it seemed like it was maybe six or seven rings at that time. So it's a, it's a huge, huge city. They drove us across, and I remember we pulled into an apartment complex. It was about 7 o'clock in the evening, and we went upstairs, 14 floors, rode an elevator, 14 floors, and walked into a tiny apartment where there were 15 people waiting on us. Fifteen. Eight of those people had the Holy Ghost. Seven of those people came to get the Holy Ghost. And now you got to understand, this was, this, was a, this was a typical apartment. Very, very small. Maybe 700 square feet total. <clears throat> The man who rented this apartment was a professor at the university. And he was also one of our church members and one of our ministers there. When I walked in, they had, they had a big birthday cake on the table. And they had all kinds of birthday party things, party hats, stringers across. And I said, I said are, we having, are we having a birthday party? And one of them said, we hope so. <clears throat> but they also said, this is a cover. If we get too loud and the authorities come, we're having a birthday party. Okay. For about an hour, <clears throat> we sat around in the living room. They were so hungry. They listened to every word Steve Willoughby said. Then when we got ready to pray, Steve told them what was going to happen. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I had heard all of my life that the Chinese are very reserved. They're very much in control of themselves. Steve told me, he said, that's a misnomer. He said, I've preached all over the world. He said, people who get the Holy Ghost all act the same when they get the Holy Ghost. He said, he said that it's no different for the Chinese than it is for Americans or for people in Europe or in Africa or South America. I'm telling you, when the Holy Ghost falls, you're going to react. <clears throat> so the professor said, well, we have a bedroom down here that we have. It's insulated. They had, they had insulation styrofoam on, on the walls, completely coating the ceiling and the walls, and in the closet they had cut a, a, and put a glass window and said, this is cover as a recording studio. So if it gets too loud, we're recording something. I'm telling you, 17 of us, 15 of them and two of us crowded into this 700 square foot apartment, two bedrooms. Wasn't a lot of room. We crowded into that and shut the door and Steve told them. He said, now we're going to start praying and when the Holy Ghost falls, you're going to feel it and to know it and when you feel it, I want you to begin to worship the Lord. Okay. 
you would think we'd have to kind of build up to that. Oh no, it was like Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky at the sounding of the bell. The horses were out of the chute and down the runway. I'm telling you, when he said, all right, let's pray, they started praying. There was no room to, to, to shout. You couldn't, you couldn't move. You couldn't dance. So they just began to jump up and down right where they were. I, and it wasn't they were working up. This was, they, they entered the presence of heaven immediately. And when they did, seven of them began, all seven of them that came to get the Holy Ghost, they got the Holy Ghost, just one after the other, began to get the Holy Ghost. Then they took us down the hall to the, to the restroom, and this professor had fiberglassed up his shower to hold water because we need to baptize them. This was, he had done, this is, a, this is a very educated man. But somehow or another, his priorities had been, re, been rearranged by his experience in the Holy Ghost. And everything now was about getting as many people filled with the Holy Ghost as possible. We took four of those people that had not been baptized, and we baptized them in Jesus' name. That, that the wall on that, on that shower was up about this high. He filled that up. They stepped over into it, just pretty tight. But, but they, when we baptized in Jesus' name, they just squatted straight down. You couldn't do like we normally do here. Just squatted straight down until they were totally immersed in water. And when they come up, the joy of the Lord was on them. It was unbelievable. I'm telling you, 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 you I, I just want you to understand that this manna from heaven, it is a provision that everybody needs. Don't think for a minute that we can exist as a church very long without the involvement of heaven's diet. We have to have it. Amen. In Jesus' name. I just want all of you to understand. <coughs> Don't take for granted. Don't ever get to thinking. Amen. Because I, I know the ebb and flow of a church life. There can be what somebody might, well, we had a little bit of a dry spell. We not had this happen, not had that happen. Don't you ever give up on God. Amen. Don't ever give up on God. Hallelujah. I felt his presence in this house tonight. The glory of the Lord is here. Can I tell you that your future is greater than your past? Can I tell you, amen, amen, you need to start seeing every seat in this house filled with somebody. Amen. Can I tell you that most of the members of this church are not here yet. They're still out there, but they're coming. And you need to believe it. They're coming. Amen. It is the will of God. It is the divine plan of heaven. Hallelujah. And God has a nourishment, a provision for them. Stand with me in the name of the Lord, everybody. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My God. My God. My God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we want heaven to come to us. God, we want to invite your presence into this house. In Jesus' name. God, open the windows of heaven to us. Pour out blessings on us, oh God. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, I pray. My God, my God, my God. Lord, I am not interested in anything other than what you want to give us and what you will provide. We need it straight from heaven. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. If there's anybody here that needs the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. If you need to repent of your sins, this is the place to get forgiveness. Hallelujah. Amen. We can get you baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. It is the will of God. Hallelujah. There he comes
Hallelujah. I'm going to open this altar right now. I'm inviting you. Come on, respond to what you're feeling in the Lord right now. Come on, find a place to pray. His presence is here right now. Come on, I feel him calling out to many individuals. He wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a work in this church. He wants to reach through you. He wants to minister through you. In the name of Jesus, yes, I surrender myself, Lord. I surrender myself, Lord Jesus. We want to see your will done, God. We want to see your will done in our lives. Hallelujah. Why don't you find somebody to pray for right now? Join with somebody. Connect with somebody. Let the Lord lead you. Come on. We're going to minister to one another. The Lord's going to minister through us. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God, thy will be done, Lord. Thy will be done, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're hungry for it, Lord God. We're hungry for what you want to provide for us. We're hungry for what you want to provide for us, Lord God. I want to live on that heavenly diet, Lord Jesus. Yeah. 
like us to all stand together if we can. You've heard it preached here tonight. I feel the Lord ministering it very clearly, very loudly to each one of us. We've heard in the preached word tonight of God what it takes to be saved. I have to repent of my sins. I have to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost into my life, into my spirit. I'd like us, if we can, just all together, I want us to pray a prayer of repentance. You might have already repented ten times today, I don't know. But I want us to do this together. Nobody being left out. This is an opportunity that the Lord has given to us to repent before Him. Can we pray that, Lord Jesus? God, I repent before you right now, God. You know all things, Lord Jesus. You know all the areas of my life, oh God. Every detail, Lord God. I make it open before you and honest before you right now, Jesus. God, in your name, any direction, Lord, that I'm following that's not your leading, I repent of it right now, God. I want that change in my life and to turn towards your direction, God. To walk down the path that you have for my life, God. I'm not trying to find out those ways on my own, Lord. But I'm submitting to you and your ways for my life, God. I thank you for it, Lord Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord God. I'm thankful for the gift of repentance, Lord, for this opportunity that I have tonight that you've given to each one of us, God, to get right with you, to get right with you, Lord Jesus, because you want to make us righteous, Father. You want to make us holy as you are holy. God, I repent tonight. I want to live a life headed in your direction, God, led by your Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, let's thank the Lord together. Come on, I feel I, I feel a spirit of thankfulness. We need to express it to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for washing me, for making me clean and pure and holy, God, as you are holy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We have our baptistry tank. It's, it's ready. It's always ready. Amen. As soon as the Lord deals with a person that they need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, the tank is ready. We all need that. It's... It's the Word of God. It is the way. It's part of the manna that He's given to us. Amen. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, then I'm asking you, be honest with the Lord, and then let me or let somebody know I'm ready to get baptized. We will do that. Amen. Amen. And if you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It is the Word of God. It's, it's in the book. Every time that somebody was gifted with the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. That was the evidence of that infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's for Everybody say, it's for me. It's for me. It's for everyone. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I'm thankful, God. Come on, I'm asking you right now, just be honest with the Lord. Just be honest with the Lord. God, I want your word applied to my life. I want your word, God, in my soul, in my spirit. Jesus, I want it more than I want anything else. 
I want it more than I want anything else, Lord God. Your ways are higher and greater than mine, Lord Jesus. I want to be living a life that's right with you, God. That's pleasing to you, Jesus. Lord, so that whenever this world comes to an end or whenever my time in this world comes to an end, that I am ready, God, to enter eternity with you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, this is our prayer tonight. And I thank you for being, God, faithful to your word. I thank you for being faithful, Lord Jesus. God, you will not resist those that seek after you. You will not resist, God, those that come to you in honesty and in openness and sincerity. Lord, I'm thankful for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Flowers, for ministering to us tonight. Amen. We've heard the word of God. Amen. Take this with you. Share it. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Greet one another. Remind them Saturday morning, 6 a.m. We'll see you here. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.